Hi, everybody. This is Albert Hardy with Bible Prophecy Radio. Today, I want to cover something that I've never quite put together in the same way as I'd like to today. Chapter 24, 25, and 26, not of Matthew, but of Isaiah. And uh, you're going to see some things in here, I think, that you may not have seen before, just like me when I study this. So here we go. Verse 1, the destruction of the earth. Look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. He devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. Now let's just hold up right there for a second. The facts of life are that certain churches, certain denominations, we'll call them, say that the whole earth will be molten, hot and burning molten mass, a globe of massive fire, burnt for a thousand years. No, no, no. That's not true. That's not real. That's not what the Bible says. We're going to find out what it says. So we'll keep going. Priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors, none will be spared. The earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken." Unquote. It does not say that the earth is going to be molten for a thousand years. It does not say that the earth is going to be obliterated. We're going to find out further what it does say. Verse 3, the earth will be completely emptied and looted. The Lord has spoken, but let's go on. The earth mourns and dries up. The crops waste away and wither. Do you have any idea why that would happen? Well, we'll keep going for a while. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. Uh, Bill Gates... George Soros, etc., 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 the billionaires of the earth, the greatest people on earth, waste away. That's what Isaiah is saying. This is what God is saying through the prophet Isaiah. Verse 5, the earth suffers, why? For the sins of its people. For they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. What's his everlasting covenant? It's an agreement between God and man that if you trust in Christ Jesus as your Savior and King and God, that through belief and faith in him, you can have everlasting life, permanent life. To me, that's worth waiting for. That's worth suffering for. And that's certainly worth not violating God's laws. 
not twisting his instructions, and not breaking that covenant by saying no. You don't want to say no to God. He is offering you a great package called life and something interesting to do for eternity that you will love and enjoy and thrill to. We're going to see more of that, so we'll keep going. Therefore, because they have broken the everlasting covenant, a curse consumes the earth. Its people must pay the price for their sins. In other words, they have no Savior without Christ. So they're going to have to pay their own sins uh, penalty, and that is death. Get this next part of verse 6. They are destroyed by fire, and only a few are left alive. Now that does remind me of chapter 24 of Matthew. Let's flip over there for a second, and we'll come back to Isaiah 24. I want to start in verse 19 of chapter 24, and we'll lead up to what I'm getting at. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. What days? Well, the payback days of God's wrath is what I would say. And also the tribulation, the great tribulation, not just personal tribulation. So in my view, I suppose you could say there are three tribulations. The first being personal tribulation. Like when he mentions up here in verse 9, you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. That's trouble. That's tribulation. When you get killed, when you get arrested and persecuted and hated all over the world, that is personal tribulation. And it is a great tribulation because you die. Then there is the great tribulation which will come upon every nation on earth and every individual in every nation. They will all, we will all suffer in the great tribulation if we're alive. And then lastly, after that, what does God do? He pays back those that destroy the earth. It's his wrath, and he will make some changes on planet Earth, I'll guarantee you. But let's keep going. Pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be greater anguish than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. In fact, that time of calamity is shortened, unless it is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Unquote. Now let's flip back to the 24th chapter of Isaiah. So we saw that 
Only a few are left alive. Verse 7. The grapevines waste away and there is no new wine. All the merrymakers sigh and mourn. The cheerful sound of tambourines is stilled. The happy cries of celebration are heard no more. The melodious chords of a guitar, let's say, or a harp in this verse, are silent. Gone are the joys of wine and song. Alcoholic drink turns bitter in the mouth. The city writhes in chaos. Every home is locked to keep out intruders. Mobs gather in the streets crying out for wine and joy is actually turned to gloom. Gladness has been banished from the land. The city is left in ruins, its gates battered down. Throughout the earth, the story is the same. This is not a local event, this is worldwide. Only a remnant is left. There he repeats it in another way. Only a remnant, a little piece, is left. Like the stray olives left on a tree when it's picked, or the few grapes left on the vine after harvest. But all who are left shout and sing for joy. Whoa, 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 wait a minute here. This is during or after the wrath of God is over, seems to me. They're singing for joy. There's not very many of them left on earth. Maybe only a handful, maybe only a million people on the planet. Right now, there's about 7 billion people. That's a th- a 7,000 millions of people on the earth right now. What if that number got reduced to, say, 7 million? Whoa, that would be a remnant. Those in the West, that would be the United States, praise the Lord's majesty. In the Eastern lands, that would be China. In the Eastern lands, give glory to the Lord. In the lands beyond the sea, say Australia, praise the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. We hear songs of praise from the ends of the earth, songs that give glory to the righteous one. But my heart is heavy with grief. Weep for me, for I wither away. Deceit still prevails, and treachery, that is, deceit, is everywhere. That sounds like he's describing today. To me, that's what it sounds like. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, you people of the earth. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap. And see, now he's reverting back to the tribulation time, not what happens after the tribulation. So we'll see more of that. And those who escape the trap will be caught in a snare. Destruction falls like rain from the heavens. The foundations of the earth shake. Now, well, wait a minute here. Why? Why would the foundations of the earth shake? 
This is a, an earth-wide earthquake. God is up to something. What's he doing? And how would that happen? Well, let's say they did have a war in the Middle East, and many of the oil refineries, huge cities full of pipelines and refinery equipment and trucks and things like that for transportation. There's a lot going on in these little cities. They're really oil refineries, but now they're bombed with nuclear weapons and they blow away all this equipment and release the power of these nuclear weapons down to the depths. Well, some of the oil is already on top of the ground. So would it blow away, oh, I don't know, 25 feet worth of oil or worth of sand and, and expose the oil so that it catches on fire and creates giant pools of, of you know, burning asphalt, tar, and oil, and natural gas all in one? And what would happen to that sand? <laughs> Well, it would melt into glass and fold right into the hole, making the hole bigger and the fire hotter and worse than before. And now you've got hundreds of these fires all over the Middle East, from Egypt to uh, Jordan, and from uh, Israel all the way down to Yemen and Oman and Jordan and other places, which I already mentioned. These fires are going to get it really hot on planet Earth. And the smoke itself, guess what? We're not going to be able to cleanse that smoke out of the air because it is burning so hot that the smoke itself becomes part of the air. And so now we've got radioactive black air. You can't breathe that and hope to survive. Many people will be killed on account of this mess that they're going to make. And I can show you other scriptures, particularly Isaiah 34 in verse 9 and Revelation 9 in verse 2, that if you put those together, and you must, you will get the same answer. But the earth is going to be broken up and utterly collapsed, verse 19, it is violently shaken. So it's shaking because the anchor of the world, which is all of Antarctica, which is millions of square miles of solid ice and stone, what if that melts? Well, islands would go away. They would, in half of Florida, where I live, That'd be oceanfront property. So, yeah, and we haven't seen global warming yet, but through this, you can see that it will come. Now, let's reason why would it shake. With that anchor gone, now turned to liquid, and some of that turned to steam, what's going to happen to the earth? It has no more anchor. Well, it's going to shake it's going to shake because it's out of balance. Nobody seems to be talking about that. Why not? Verse 20 
says this, The earth staggers like a drunk. It trembles like a tent in a storm. You ever seen a tent in a storm? It shakes violently, it blows all around, and eventually collapses. It falls and will not rise again, at least not the way it was. For the guilt of its rebellion is very heavy. In that day, the Lord will punish the little g-gods of the heavens and the proud rulers of the nations on earth. They will be rounded up and put in prison, and they will be shut up in that prison and finally punished. And that means death, if you ask me. Verse 23, Then the glory of the moon will wane, and the brightness of the sun will fade. Well, that's because the smoke cover is gradually, day after day, filling the earth with a cloud cover, a brownish-black cloud cover that blocks the sun, blocks the moonlight, and the starlight so that it makes the earth disappear from space. Let's say you're on the moon and you're looking at the earth. Well, what happens to it if the earth is covered with black smoke? (laughs) You can't see it. The stars will be bright out there, but the earth will be dark. You can't see black on black. And that's the way it'll look from the moon. At least that's my opinion. But research it and see if I'm right. Give me some feedback if you like. You can go to itellwhy.com, get my email address off of my update. Just click the update. You can also get the podcast there. I have nothing for sale, but anyway, let's keep going. They will be rounded up and put in prison. We saw that. Then the moon, the glory of it, will wane and the brightness of the sun will fade. For the Lord of heaven's armies will rule on Mount Zion and he will rule in great glory in Jerusalem in the sight of all the leaders of his people. And that is the end of chapter 24. But get this, this is chapter 25. O Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now you have accomplished them. That kind of reminds me of Revelation 11, verse 15 through 18. We'll go there for a second. We'll come back to Isaiah 25. Revelation 11 and verse 15 says this, Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices and shouting in heaven. And that's a quote, by the way, from Daniel 2.44. Here's what it says. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. He can't come back to a molten globe. There wouldn't be a place for a kingdom in a molten mass, obviously. So that's not what's happening And this is not after the millennium. It's at the beginning of the millennium. I'm going to drop down to verse 17. And they said, 
We give you thanks, O Lord, God Almighty, the one who is and who always was. For now, you have assumed your great power and you've begun to reign. The nations were filled with wrath, but now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets, as well as your holy people. That would be those who are still alive, probably uh, Israelites, and all who fear your name. That's us Gentiles. From the least to the greatest, it is time to destroy all who have caused destruction on earth. Wow. Now let's flip back to the 25th chapter. You turn mighty cities into heaps of ruins. Cities with strong walls are turned to rubble. Beautiful palaces. Remember the palaces that were built by Saddam Hussein? He had about a dozen different palaces that he would skip to, and when he was being chased by somebody, he'd go into one of the other ones. They could never find him or catch him. Beautiful palaces in distant lands will disappear, never to be rebuilt. Therefore, strong nations will declare your glory. Ruthless nations will fear you. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor. And that could be you and me, O Lord. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. For the oppressive acts of the ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall or like the relentless heat of the desert. But you silence the roar of foreign nations. As the shade of a cloud cools relentless heat, so the boastful songs of ruthless people are stilled. It's because they're dead, probably. In Jerusalem, the Lord of Heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. See, when he comes back, he's going to fix everything. It's not that it's going to go away and not come back. It will come back thanks to him returning. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. And get this, this is exciting. There will he... Remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. To me, this is what the whole Bible is really all about. Salvation. He's going to come as the Savior of the world. It's not that he's going to save them spiritually if he can't save them physically. They've got to be alive. They've got to be cognizant. They've got to be thinking. But let's refer back to Matthew 24, verse 29 for a second. This is the famous chapter where Jesus foretells our future. Verse 29, Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, and the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, which we've already covered. 
I want to flip over to a little known and little used book of prophecy written by a man named Haggai. It was during King Darius's reign and Zerubbabel. So here's what he says in chapter 2 of Haggai in verse 6 through 9. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple. See, it's not going to go molten. It's going to be changed, yes. And the gold and treasures of the world will be brought to Jerusalem. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, when Solomon was alive. In other words, says the Lord of heaven's armies, And in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Now let's flip back to the 25th chapter of the book of Isaiah. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. Wow. He will remove forever all insults and mockery. Because everybody on earth will have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in them, and they will not spit out such things anymore. They will get over that. And I hope I will get over that too. I don't want to do those things. So he will remove forever all insults and mockery against this land, that is, his land, Israel, and people. Of course, he owns the entirety of the earth. The Lord has spoken. In that day, the people will proclaim, This is our God. We trusted in him, and he saved us. Can you hear the joy in their voices? This is the Lord in whom we trusted. Let us rejoice in the salvation he brings. For the Lord's hand of blessing will rest on Jerusalem, but Moab, and by extension, that's Saudi Arabia and that whole area, all the Middle East, will be crushed. It will be like straw, trampled down and left to rot in the mud, in other words. Wow. God will push down Moab's people as a swimmer pushes down water with his hands. He will end their pride and all their evil works. Why? Well, because they are worshiping idols, the idol of Islam. They're full of pagan practices and idol worship. The high walls of Moab will be demolished. They will be brought down to the ground, down into the dust. Chapter 26. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our, our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous and allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace 
all of those who trust in you. Wow, that's going to be great. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Is that where your uh, thoughts go? Do you fix on or fixate on Jesus, on Christ, our Savior, our soon coming King, our Messiah? Well, I sure try to every single day. That's what we all ought to do. We all ought to pray on our knees every day, go through the scriptures with God in your prayer and Bible study time. That's how you draw close to him. Study his words. These are the words of God himself, the Holy Bible. Trust in the Lord always, verse 4, chapter 26 of Isaiah. For the Lord God is the eternal rock. He humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. He brings it down to the dust. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot and the needy walk all over it. So the, the poor and the needy end up walking on top of the ground and the bad people, the evil, greedy people are below them. Verse 7, but for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right, and you smooth out the path ahead of them. Lord, we show our trust in you by obeying your laws. They're keeping the covenant, the agreement between God and us. Our heart's desire is to glorify your name all night long I search for you, and in the morning I earnestly seek for God. That's what we all ought to do. For only when you come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. Wow. I want to read about two more verses, and then I'll have to quit. Those who uh, we served before are dead and gone. Verse 14. Their departed spirits will never return. They're not burning in hell forever and ever and ever. God's not a torturer. He will off them. He will kill them because they're unredeemable. They're not ever going to repent of their sins. So why should he keep them around? They'll be in agony and they'll make everyone else miserable too. So no. You attack them and destroy them, and they are long ago forgotten. Then in verse 19, But those who die in the Lord will live in a resurrection, because their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For your life-giving light will fall like do on your people in the place of the dead. Well, there's more, but you can read it for yourself. I love these three chapters, 24, 25, and 26 of Isaiah. They're beautiful, and it's about restoration of the earth and its people, and that's you and me. So that's our future. That's prophecy, and it's all good in the end. You can go to my website, itellwhy.com. That's I, the letter I, tell, T-E-L-L, -L and Y, W-H-Y.com. 
I have nothing for sale. I only want to build your faith. Watch the videos, listen to the audios, tune into the podcast, read my eight books there, and enjoy yourself and grow and learn. I'm learning too. I'm just like you. I'm no better. But until next time, you can go there and check it out if you would. And give me some feedback. So this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank you for tuning in and have a great week.